With summer fast approaching, many parents and youth workers are considering which summer activity options are the best ways to promote spiritual growth in children and teens. I believe one of the most valuable experiences we can give to our kids is time away from normal life and a chance to unplug and power down. Perhaps the perfect place to see this happen is at a Christian camp. Here at CPYU, we are so excited about the benefits of Christian camping that today we talk with two longtime camp directors, Greg Anderson and Nate Parks, on this episode of Youth Culture Matters. From the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, this is Youth Culture Matters. If you're a parent, youth worker, educator, counselor, grandparent, or anyone else who cares about kids, we're glad you've joined us for this practical, informative, and hope-filled podcast. This is a place where together we talk and think Christianly about the rapidly changing world of today's children, teens, and young adults. Well, summer can't come soon enough. I think that's how we all feel. And the two guys that I have on the podcast with me today are two old friends from the world of Christian camping. These guys are involved with with camps all year round and the camps they run, which I'll tell you about shortly. But summer camping time is a a great time. And and the reason I have these guys on is not just because they're good friends and, and good thinkers, but they are great representatives of the Christian camping world in summertime and just the benefits to our kids, our children and our teenagers and even for those of you who are not parents but youth workers, getting your kids involved in summer camp. There was a, a time about 20, 25 years ago when I was hearing among youth workers less and less chatter about the benefits of summer camp, and I always wondered about that. You know, how can youth workers not be leaning into summer camp? Summer camp is just such a great, great opportunity for kids to be with other kids and and be challenged and nurtured spiritually to learn new things to experience new things and the good news was that that seemed to only last a short period of time and as I've been involved with these guys and others in the Christian camping world it's become abundantly clear that this is just such a wonderful opportunity in the crazy busy time of our social media smartphone saturated world for our kids to get away and experience real flesh and blood communication, and then also uh, experience uh, quiet time with the Lord. So with that, I'm going to welcome Greg Anderson and Nate Parks. Uh, Both these guys have been on the podcast before, so I'm glad they're back. If you're a regular listener to Youth Culture Matters, you know these names, and uh, we throw them around a lot. Uh, our buddy Duffy Robbins is good buddies with both these guys as well and been to both of their camps. So let me start, Greg, let me go, go to you. And I, I want each of you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your particular camp, because I know not every camp is the same. And Greg, I would also like for you, as you talk about yourself, to tell us a little bit about what you guys have been through the last three three or four years. And, and, and this was not actually COVID-induced. This was kind of, COVID was sort of the icing on the cake of what you guys experienced out there in Minnesota. So welcome, Greg. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself and Inspiration Point. Yeah, good to be with you. Um, Inspiration Point is located in west central Minnesota. We're actually closer to Fargo, North Dakota, so I'm one of those guys. And uh, we we operate a a year-round camp for uh, children, youth, adults, families. And there's always something something going on. And the story that Walt is referring to is uh, we had another property 
located about 15 minutes west of where we're located now that it was on a peninsula in the middle of a, a beautiful Minnesota lake. And, and as we were growing, we were outgrowing the property, returning away so many people. And, and so we started looking for a second site where we could peel off uh, some kids, some program and, and uh, serve, more, serve more people. And little did we know that our original site that was going to remain our primary property little did we know that that was going to flood the waters of our lake uh, kept expanding and i spun it as best i could for years just saying oh there's more room to swim now you know but uh, eventually the water overtook the property and our plans to open up a secondary site went into high gear to be able to exceed the capacity that we had at our original site so in the last several years we've we've built a brand new camp purchased it uh, built a camp out to 270 beds, sold the other property, and we did all that in the midst of COVID. So I've joked with people, you know, to, just to deal with a flood, that would be plenty, or just to build a new camp uh, in a couple of years, would, that'd be enough. Or just to deal with COVID, that'd be fine. But uh, we decided uh, to do all three, I guess. And, uh, but we're, we're on our feet, we're serving people, and we're really thankful for that. And um, we, we serve about... Um, Oh, nine nine thousand people a year, I suppose, uh, through our uh, through our facility, and uh, serve most of them on site. Uh, some of them off site in a day camping program. But in a nutshell, that's what we do. Yeah, and I've been to Inspiration Point a few times, and it it breaks my heart that that original camp is no longer there because they're one of one of my. I've been there in the fall, and one of my favorite trees in the whole universe that would just burst, right, with that bright orange. I mean, that tree was stunning. And you would send me pictures, right? Uh, it was always yeah. great to see that tree next to that little white chapel that sat there. It was just, it almost looked like something from where Nate Parks is from in New England. And Nate, uh, I'm glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about what's happening for you. And you guys have expanded as well. I know Inspiration Point has expanded. Talk about what's happening up in New England. Yeah, so uh, Nate Parks here, <clears throat> part of Booyah Ministries. There's four parts to what we do, three sites and then the conferencing arm. The original site is Camp Berea that people would know, and we got our second site named Camp Kareth, which is over in Maine. So I should say Camp Berea is in New Hampshire. Camp Kareth is in Maine. And we just recently acquired uh, Camp Mananoc, which is also in New Hampshire. And then we run a part of our ministry called Greenhouse, which is a, a temporary environments that we build up in church conferencing and so forth. But uh, yeah, you know, you never would think that in the camping industry, uh, a pandemic would be a time to expand because after all, what we do is bring a lot of people together from a lot of different places and put them in small confined spaces. But you know what? Um, COVID is not an all the great commission, Walt. Yeah. And I feel like we got to make disciples and uh, we've seen a research. I mean, I wish I had 10 camps after putting kids in front of uh Zoom school for a year, getting kids outside, man, that was like the number one priority for parents. So we saw God do some amazing things in that space. But yeah, so we have three kids, a conferencing arm. We're found out here in New England. All of our camps are with uh, within two hours of Boston. And uh, there's plenty of people out here that don't know Jesus. That's what I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. So Lisa and I lived in New England for three years, and I spent a lot of time up there. 
And it is a different world. I mean, I've always felt like if you can do ministry in New England, you can you can do it anywhere, right? I mean, it was the first sort of post-Christian spot here in the U.S., and you guys are doing a great job up there and a great job in Minnesota as well. So uh, would you guys talk just a little bit? I know you both have been involved um, with some official capacities with the Christian Camp and Conference Association which we'll come back to at the end because I know people who are listening might want to know, you know, how do I find a good camp that's near me that will meet my needs? But talk a little bit. Both of you can talk about this. I don't care who goes, but, you know, a little bit about about that organization. Well, 3CA, as we call it, uh, CCCA stands for yeah, Christian Camp and Conference Association. is a, It's an association of about 860 Christian camps located across the U.S., and it's part of a larger uh, association or, or group of associations worldwide. And, um, you know, Nate and I would both be quick to tell you that we think God does some of his finest work at Christian camps. And this is a group of camps that um, we keep in touch with each other. We train together. We know that there are certain things we can do together that are um, better than doing alone. We help resource each other, network, uh, support one another, pray for one another. And um, I've had the privilege of serving on the board of directors there, including the, being the board chair. And then I actually went to work for 3CA for about two years. And I worked in their Colorado Springs office, uh, helping direct the, the member services. So the things that our camps needed and need at the time in order to do ministry, to help them maximize ministry, I got to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, just personally, that organization has really meant the world to me. I wouldn't still be in camping if it weren't for that association. It was, uh, I got a lonely start as the only employee at our camp a long time ago. And uh, were it not for a guy named Bob Kobelish, who was the, the president at the time, he sat down with me and had lunch with me and encouraged me. And I, I'm pretty sure that I would have been done soon after that, um, had that encouragement not come and my life wouldn't have been as rich as it is, is now. So really grateful for that association. Yeah. Yeah, 3CA, I mean, the thing about 3CA, I mean, there's educational and all that, but really the networking, the relationships that you make in that space, you know, let me just put it to you this way. Um, I've had many, uh, many franchising people say, man, I want to start a camp. And I always tell them, hey, listen, just, you know, there's no book. There's no book to run a camp. And with the amount of regulation there is to run a camp right now, you need a partner in ministry. And that partner, I found those in, at 3CA with a lot of different people across the country, best practices are applied and learned. And it's a valuable resource in which we can actually um, pinpoint people are doing best practices and help apply to our space and really cross-pollinate to really serve the kingdom in a greater way. Mm -hmm. So 3CA, really a great thing. Yeah, so, you know, my, my own story, my personal stories, I did not go to summer camp every summer, but I do remember the, the few times I did go as a kid. The first time I went... Uh, I would love to. It would have been fun to be, uh, you know, a fourth grader at one of your camps now, you know, my fourth grade self, because when I got to the camp, uh, my first night was absolutely brutal, which I'm sure you've had to talk kids down off the ledge all the time. Right. Yep. And because I was so homesick, so incredibly homesick. And the guy who was my bunk mate, we were just in a room, just the two of us, you know, and, uh, I think he just wondered what he had signed up for because he was a he was a veteran a year or two older than me. I have connected with that guy as an adult. I found pictures, black and white pictures, 
that were taken at that camp and a picture of him and my mom in her true form wrote his name on the back and I thought oh yeah I remember that guy and I went and I found him he's actually in Philly close to us here and is a pastor and uh I was afraid he'd say I don't want to talk to you you cry baby but you know the the thing about that was um you know it, it wasn't once I got used to it it was an amazing amazing time I actually learned you know, talking about starting a camp. I did not know this. My dad passed away two years ago, and the last couple of years of his life, we talked a lot about stories of, you know, when he was younger. And the camp that I had gone to, which was called the Four Brooks Bible Conference in uh, Pipersville, Pennsylvania, which is no longer in existence. It's probably a bunch of luxury homes now. But uh, he started that. He was instrumental in starting that. So, you know, I'm curious, did, did you guys have camping experiences, and is that what drove you to, you know, as part of your calling now vocationally? You know, you know I should say, my, my first time at camp, just to go back to that story, Walt, my first time at camp, I went to camp, and I went in there, and the girls raided the dorm. And I was, like, in fifth grade. And my mom had laid out my clothes in plastic bags so that they would all match like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And the girls took them. And I remember I was crying. I'm like, I don't know what to wear. I don't know. <laughs> so, so with that, that burning desire is why I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take over a camp. No, that's not what happened yeah. there. I mean, Walt, for me, honestly, what happened for me is I thought I was going to go into the church world. And I, I sort of joke that I must have killed an Egyptian at some point in my life because uh, because I'm still in the back 40 waiting for my burning bush to get back in the church. But um, I think what drives me to camping is the idea that life change, I mean, you cannot argue with the life change that happens at camp. You get people in temporary community away from the influences of this world and the life change that sets in is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, what about you? Did you, did you have a design on this or did it just sort of happen? I mean, I, you know, Nate, Nate's saying he had other plans. I know for me here at CPYU, I never dreamed I'd do this. I had other plans for life, you know? Yeah. I was a, I was a camper. I went twice when I was a kid to a camp and it, it was good. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't remarkable. I think at the time it was valuable. I know that for sure, but it wasn't until I was in college and I literally got dragged in front of a camp director for an interview. This camp with some friends were working at uh, knew that they needed one more staff member and, and I ended up getting hired. And, and that's really where I, I caught a vision for how, um, in, a, in, in 3CA, we talk about the power of camp. It's really the power of the gospel in, in Christian camping. And I saw how God uses it. I, in the back of my head, I thought, man, how can I do this? And I didn't know the avenue. I mean, I always thought I'd like to get into camping and I had a teaching degree and a business degree. And I thought probably seminary, but there aren't that many camps out there. And we just, you know, we stumbled upon a little church that had an affiliation with a camp and they were, they happened to be looking for a director at the time. And I told them, Hey, that's my dream. And, and the rest is history. So it was, um, I just, I just didn't know how to get into it. Uh, but once I did, I mean, my heart was just captured for the reason that Nate mentioned. I mean, the, the, the transformation that happens. And I, I just think it's, it's an answer for the, the future. I mean, we're all concerned about um, helping kids, helping people follow Jesus all the days of their life. And, and um, I throw a, a stat around often and around here that the National Study on Youth and Religion in 2014 said that kids who go to camp are, are three times more likely than their peers who don't 
to remain in the church five years beyond high school. And so as, we're, as we read the statistics and you read USA Today and so forth, and we're thinking, what can we do? What can we do? Here's an antidote. Get kids to camp. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not just a bucket list thing where, you know, where we want folks to say, yeah, I did camp. I went to camp once, but there's an incredible and exponential effect when people stack an experience on top. So they go one year and then back again for a retreat and they go the next year. And, and we just see, we just see a, a myriad of benefits, not to, not to mention the one, just their relationship with the Lord, um, just expands, uh, but they also gain things like grit and they learn how to cooperate and work with the, with other kids and uh, work through difficulties. And um, it's, it's just remarkable. Oh, there's a ton of that. You know, let me just add on to say this. I mean, I trained to be a youth pastor. I thought that's what I was going to do. But, you know, if you think about a youth pastor who does, you know, three years of middle school, four years of high school, if they're lucky and one year they get to meet with a kid during a group for pre-COVID, you know, 90 minutes a week, once a week, if the kid's not sick, if the kid didn't, you know, showed up, if the kid doesn't have vacation or whatever, if you really think about it, they might get out of 52 weeks because summer vacations and everything, they might, I mean, they'd be lucky to probably get 40, 35 to 40 hours in a group setting, in a group, not an individual setting, in a group setting. Well, if you start thinking about actually how much time you really get to sit down and talk and be with a person, here's what you realize. Seven years of youth ministry can happen in seven days of camp. Mm. And just the impact of sitting and eating and talking and walking and the continual conversation, people are always like, oh, my goodness, it's all about chapel. Let me tell you, we train our staff for the conversations that go from the cabin to the beach. Because that's where it happens. Yeah. It's those micro-conversations. Yeah, I, I love that you guys are, are talking about this in these stats because this is where, you know, I'm thinking, okay, parents, okay, youth workers, listen to this. I just read a piece of research yesterday. Uh, we were putting it together for one of our uh, Youth Culture Today little one-minute daily podcasts where there's research that's come out that has said that uh, kids are, you know, they're feeling more alone. Even uh, we know this, even more, even though they have the opportunity to be more connected, you know, with their devices and things. But a big part of their alone time right now is when they are actually in school with their peers because they're spending less time face to face. Even though you're in close proximity, a couple of feet from each other, but you have your face buried in your screen. And so the amount of, of time that we're spending with others, like you're saying, it's diminishing and the, the loneliness is rising, which creates obviously spiritual issues because we've been made for relationships. And the other issue related to that is even though that w we can see that that's not contributing to our flourishing and, and we're not doing better. I mean, you might sense that as a kid. You're so addicted to your smartphone that you just keep getting buried in that more and more. So I, I love what you're saying, and I hope parents and youth workers are listening to this. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more. I want to ask you guys, pick your brains about what are some of, and you mentioned some of these, some of the significant things that can happen for a young person at camp that they can't get elsewhere, you know, and especially as we look at the culture and the decline in certain you know, positive attributes that a young person should develop to become a responsible, resilient, uh, godly adult. 
what can happen at camp to reverse that and undo that and set kids uh, used by God, of course, on the right course. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Tens of thousands of kids have been trained by their parents and youth workers to think Christianly about music and media with our How to Use Your Head to Guard Your Heart 3D Guide to Making Wise Media Choices. This easy-to-use teaching tool needs to be in your youth ministry toolbox if you desire to teach your students to integrate their faith into all of life. Jesus calls us to follow Him, and that includes following Him into the six to nine hours a day of screen time that shape and mold the beliefs and behaviors of our kids. To learn more about our 3D Media Evaluation Guide and to order a copy for every member of your youth group, go to our website at cpyu.org. Teach your kids to engage with media to the glory of God. Well, welcome back to Youth Culture Matters. I'm Walt Mueller here at CPYU, and as the summer approaches... You know, it's time to think about what you're going to do uh, over the summer with your kids or what you're going to do as a family. And even giving kids the opportunity to get away and just experience, you know, growth and opportunities for maturity with their peers at a Christian summer camp. And that's why I've invited my friends Greg Anderson and Nate Parks on here. Nate Parks in the first segment admitted that he met his wife when she raided his cabin and made him cry when he was in fifth grade and messed up all his clothes. I am actually curious, Nate, like Heidi, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so when you first told her that story, wh- what kind of person did she think you actually, you actually were? <laughs> did you tell her after you were married or before? <laughs> well, you know, part of it was like, hang on, do you expect me to launder your clothes and put them in bags so that you can survive? There you go, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? No, 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 that's not what I'm getting at, honey, no. I- I'm beyond that. Yeah. Does but she it was lo- a traumatic. Go ahead. I was going to say, does she put them in bags for you still, or even though she doesn't? No. Lo- okay. Yeah. No, but it was a traumatic experience, and that was at the inception of camp. Yeah. But now, I do camp for a living, and it just goes to show you that sometimes hardships are what create the greatness in who you are. Oh yeah, yeah. Difficult, difficult situations certainly, and. You know, I, I, you guys probably have had to uh, do a, a lot of uh, psychology, I guess, right? I mean, just with kids and with, I, and I think even more so now. Let me ask you about this: like, have you found over the years that you've actually had to do a little more therapy with parents when they drop their kids off and leave them? You know, what's that yeah. like? I mean, I, I'm just curious about that. How to best address that for the parents who are listening. Yeah, you know, um, I, just to talk to parents for a second, I, I mean, we get how difficult parenting is today. And there, there's not, I mean, very few parents um, don't want their kids to, uh, to excel, to be happy, to flourish, and, and so forth. But um, I think it's becoming increasingly difficult for parents to if I can just say it, like get out of the way a, a little bit. Um, I back. I remember when I started at, at camp, and I was uh, I heard a, a talk somewhere, and this is an old anecdote about a butterfly right in the cocoon. This kid that wanted to help the butterfly out of the cocoon, so he he because uh, he saw it was struggling, so he slices the the thing, and the butterfly comes out and perishes or something like that. That was the end of the story. But the the um, what I'm getting at is. Uh, a camp is a place where kids have an opportunity to spread their wings and even 
if I can say, even struggle a little. Um, coming into a new setting, even if they've been there before, but having to meet new friends, having to get along with people that you wouldn't normally associate with, have to um, figure out how to navigate a new setting. And um, it's, a, it's a challenge, right? And then to separate from the things that they know from back home. It's, it's a challenge for kids, but it's those things that make them strong. Like Nate said, it's, it's when, when we have an opportunity to, to uh, struggle and get stretched beyond our, uh, beyond our normal means. It's good for us. That's how, just in the physical world, that's how strength training takes, takes place. It's the stretching and, and building new muscles. And kids get a chance to build new muscles at, uh, at camp. And so when parents can put their kids in a position to do that, then uh, the chances of that occurring, I, I think, uh, go up. So we try to, we try to teach our parents, uh, you know, um, how to set their kids up for camp, help them know what to expect, but that when it doesn't go your way, um, they'll, they'll make it through, you know, and, and to tell their kids, you know, you can do this. This is good for you. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if, even if it's, if it's hard, um, we teach our staff, we, we talk about it with kids too, that hard doesn't equal bad. Neither does easy always equal good, you know, but there are, there are hard things we go through in our life that the Lord um, allows us to experience, but he promises he's with us. And we, that's one of the things I love to see when a kid has a, maybe a tough time on Monday because maybe they're a little homesick and we get to tell them, you know what, let's, uh, let's, let's talk to the Lord about this and um, let's just see how he brings you through this. And then to see, you know, and hear testimony later in the week of these kids learning, you know, I did it. I did it. I can do this. And they, they walk a little taller and um, it's, it's just, it's good for them. Yeah. You know, as you talk about uh, stress, you know, when we talk about stress and anxiety here, there's a spectrum of that. And we're so concerned about our kids becoming anxious. And the unfortunate reality is, is much of the anxiousness that exists out there today. I mean, much of it is, is legitimate, but there's some that really is just an inability to handle the norm, normal stresses and strains of life because they have not experienced healthy stress or even some difficult stress in the context of a loving, caring, and supportive relationship. And I know that in the camp setting, you know, that happens. I'm also thinking, Greg, as you talk about that, that not only is some of that in today's world as we look at the culture today healthy for the kids who are being dropped off, but it's healthy for the parents who are having such a hard time letting go. Did you want to say something about that, Nate? You know, parents, it's it's really interesting. If you know, I've been in I've been in uh, camping now for multiple decades, and to see the evolution of the parent side of the equation is very very interesting. The way I would describe parents right now is, you know, what they want they want to have one way glass kind of like in the police in the police stations they want to be able i've to never see... been there Nate. i don't know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm disclosing too much yeah. here but all that to say is like they want to be able to see and participate visually but they don't want to be seen so the anxiety of a parent is off the charts right now there's parents we've had parents they're watching the Flickr account with all the pictures and if they don't see their kid that day they're calling hey is my kid all right is he in the hospital? I didn't see a picture of him today. Well, part of that is they're, they're getting into this situation. Like, my, hey, my kid needs a phone. My kid needs a phone because if he doesn't have a phone, he won't be able to call me every night. And what I say to him, I say, well, your kid may not be ready for camp. What I'm really saying is 
you may not be ready for your kid to be in camp because really actually kids embrace it more. Gen Z, Gen Z now, the one that's, that's sort of on the tail end here coming in to the camp now, for several years, we've been taking their phones away and we're like, hey, just so you guys know, we're taking your phones away in chapel. Eruption of applause from kids who have now separated themselves from the ball and chain that they do not have to answer phone. They can live in the present. It's unbelievable. But yeah, parents definitely have the issue with um, the anxiety piece that is living through to their kids. And I just want to salute. I know you already said it, but I just want to salute again. We need to give people opportunity to be able to walk through that anxiety in a healthy manner in a short-term community. And that's really what camp is. What, what are some of the, oh, did you want to say something, Greg? I was just going to say, it's, we have a great opportunity to work with parents and, and to, you know, we're on the same page, right? We want, we want what's good for their kids and so forth. What we have to figure out is our friend Dan Boland talks about the good kind of stress, like on a guitar string. Uh, guitar's out of tune if it doesn't have the proper amount of stress on the string, right? It's either going to be sharp or flat or wound too tight, we might say. Uh, and so we have to figure that out. And we can help parents understand and, and know. They know their kid. Uh, they, we, we know what's good for kids. We, we study uh, kids and so forth. But parents know their own kid. We get to work with them to um, help them find the appropriate amount of stress so that their kid can, you know, sound good, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but be healthy. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, a couple of the books that, you know, Duffy Robinson and I will teach these co-mentor along with Adonis Vito at Gordon-Conwell, these uh, doctoral uh, programs, Doctor of Ministry and Ministry to the Emerging Generations. And two of the books that we've leaned into quite a bit over the last couple of years, the last few years, one would be uh, not written from a Christian perspective, either of them, but Gene Twangy's book, iGen, which just talks about some of these realities and how all this technology that we think is so great is when not handled correctly and not used with wisdom and with balance and, and moderated and, and monitored, it starts to undo our kids. And then also uh, Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff, The Coddling of the American Mind, which really shows how at the level of young adults and even college students, the fruit of what you're talking about, the anxiety parents have and the way that we coddle them and don't let them experience, you know, good, healthy stress undoes them. So I, I'm wondering, talk about some of the activities that uh, a kid can get at camp that would provide, you know, this healthy stress that builds resiliency, mm -hmm. helps them grow, that parents and youth workers can expect, and it really make the camping experience so much different than life. And we'll keep in mind, as Nate said, there's this concentrated seven-day period where you're immersed in this. I think that's the first um, thing is we, we get a chance. It, it really is an immersion experience where, where they're set into a brand new environment that's unlike home. And um, camp gets an opportunity to uh, really teach holistically like no other place gets to do. Um, we often think about Luke 2.52, where it talks about Jesus growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And those, the kids are growing the same way at camp, right? They're, they're growing in knowledge, hopefully, as they open God's word and, and they, they learn about what he says 
to them who they are in him and, and they grow physically as they're, um, as they are running and active and so forth. And then in favor with, with God and with, with man. And so camps have an opportunity to set up activities or experiences that will, um, that will help kids to, to grow in those areas. So for example, maybe it's stepping off the platform of a zip line, you know, for the kid who's afraid of heights, or can I really trust this thing or what have you. And um, kids don't get to take, uh, I don't think as often anymore as they don't get to take appropriate risk. And uh, not all risk is bad, right? And we'd never get anywhere if we didn't if we didn't risk something, but a kid gets to stand on top of the platform and, and learn that, okay, this is, this is safe. It's been demonstrated to be safe. These people are trained. This is going to be good for me. I know that I'm going to enjoy the ride once I get on it. And uh, they, it might take them 10 minutes to take that one step off a platform, but then how they light up after that, you know, again, saying, I did it, I did it. And it becomes the highlight of a week, or maybe it's a, maybe it's an experience that we help uh, foster. We set up where they're with their cabin group, they're responsible to um, solve a, solve a problem, a challenge in order to, to gain some sort of uh, um, food. Yeah. Food or something like that, (laughs) or some sort of prize, you know, and they have to, they have to work together and, and they find out like, Oh man, we got four or five people that all think they should be the leader. And how do I follow appropriately? And how do I support the leader? And how do I still speak up and get to get to share my idea? And um, they find out that at at camp uh, camps, a great leveler where when kids come together, they don't know, they don't know the socioeconomic background of the people in their cabin. They don't know the failures that this girl had as a ninth grader that she wishes would go away that all of her peers at school know, but camp is a place for fresh starts and new beginnings. And, and um, when, when they get to step away, there's a freedom. And so they, they find that out and they, they uh, are more willing to try things. And I think that stretches them. It's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nate, you're going to say something. Yeah, let me just say this. I'll just say that um, the thing about camp is you can be you. I think that's the key. You can be you. We live in a culture that is on a constant PR campaign. It's a plastified culture of trying to keep up appearances in all spectrums, whether it's education, whatever the situations are, sports, whatever. And so many people shun failure because when they fail it's like the the plastic melts how about living a different life where you can be you and you fail with applause let me tell you what i mean by that you know when you go up a rock wall i'm just picking something random but when you go up in a rock wall or and and as you walk up that rock wall somebody's going to make it to the top but guess what We live in a culture where everybody is supposed to win. Everybody's supposed to get a trophy. Well, here's the deal. The person who goes up the wall halfway and cannot make it can fail within the nurturing applause of the cabin, and it's fine. It doesn't change who you are in the community. You're still accepted for who you are, and tomorrow, together, we will do better. So Think about that in every aspect, whether it's riflery, archery, uh, water skiing, swimming lessons, each and every single component of the activities, kids are allowed 
to fail, not because they just want to fail, but because they can't achieve to whatever level that they need to achieve to, but they're embraced for who they are, not for what they actually produce in that space. And I think that's where people finally go, man, that's what I love about camp. Yeah. Because I can just be me. Yeah. And, and you we, know, this we just is- had a, we just had a kid at uh, a retreat two weekends ago, high schooler, never been on ice skates, would never try it because they, they didn't, they knew they couldn't excel at it. And there's an expectation. I think this is what you're saying that kids can enter into a new experience and be an expert right away. They feel like they have to do that because, and they, you know, and this kid came to camp and, and actually put on a pair of skates and skated 30 feet before he wiped out and everybody cheered. That's just an, an anecdote, you know, an example of what you're saying. And again, the smiles that came from that and on his eval at the end of the weekend, highlight of your weekend, I skated. Wow. Hey, you know? Yeah, you know, oh, it's so easy to forget like the little just the little victories that we need to have when we're children and teenagers. And you're making me think back, you know, just at, at things that maybe I was frightened of or timid about, or I didn't want to try in front of anybody else. Um, I still think if like I went to a, you know, a dancing camp, you wouldn't get me up there dancing. That just horrifies me. I'm glad I got my two daughters married now. That's out of the way now. But, uh, you know, I, I just think about what you're saying here is is just so wonderful and the fact like nate you were listing things and i know greg at inspiration point stuff that kids could never do anywhere else they can do at camp so so out here in the northeast firearms are a different situation than they are in other parts of the country right but we still hold to our 22 rim fire is part of the experience. And we have those anecdotal stories that are just amazing of kids who have never, ever shot a gun. And all of a sudden they start shooting this gun. And not only do they love it, but they're good at it. We've had people go into competitive shooting just because they've gotten into it. And I'm just talking about one thing. I mean, archery, who throws axes around? But it's also just the simple parts of, you know, we, we actually make them clean their cabin every day. It's part of the discipline. They got to clean their cabin and they're going to be on a rotation where they're going to clean the toilet. And the parents come to us at the end of the week. How in the world did you do it? You know, and it's just about trying to get them to say, this is what we do together as a family. Everybody's going to be a part of it. We all join in. We grow together and we experience things that we've never really experience um, outside of camp and it builds, you know, it, it builds sort of like a, a, a mosaic of experience that they then can approach other experiences. You know what? I'll try that. I, you know, I don't mind failing. Failure is, is an attempt at learning and just continuing to, to go get after the challenge. So Inviting kids into that space is, is tremendous. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question before we break. Ha, have you guys both, I mean, Greg, you're you're in closer proximity to Minneapolis, uh, mm-hmm. metropolitan area. Nate, you're close to Boston. Uh, urban kids, you know, talk about the benefits when, when kids who are living in the inner city, for those who are ministering to kids or maybe parenting kids in the inner city, what happens for them when they get to camp? The, the dark. 
Yeah. You know, the, being able to, um, kids who come to camp, they've never seen a star before, you know, uh, because where they live, it, everything is lit up and they've never been outside of that. And so uh, there's, a, there's a fear that comes from that um, first before, you know, kind of the wonder and the awe kick in. But um, um, that, that's one of the things I think of first anyway. You know, yeah, the, really when it comes to urbans, it's all the sensory pieces, right? right, right. It's the darkness that they don't see it's the stars that they don't appreciate. It's the crickets that they hear that they normally don't hear. It's it, for some kids, depending once again, but for some kids, it's holy cow, I haven't seen a piece of grass that size in my life, yeah. right? Or trees in a forest context. So there's a lot of these things that they feel the chill of being by a fire. So the, the coldness on your back, but the warmth of the front as you sit at the fire, there's so many sensory things that happen. And then but that's with a that's with an urban kid who has means. If you go to the other side, for a kid who's urban who maybe doesn't have means, we've had people, you know, and I'm sure Greg also, that um, the kids at the table saying, "Hang on a minute, you're saying that that buffet line of food is something that I can go through as many times as I want." And wait, 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 you're saying that this bed right here is my bed like i'm the only person in this bed there's some moments that we can't even as regular americans fully understand on that side of the equation because of just the way things are or even if you give a gift of a bible to somebody like that or in some cases clothing or a sleeping bag things that are are beyond their understanding of how that even works because some kids are just sent with a sheet or a blanket just singular and that's what they're used to mm. this is so good well we're going to take a break when we come back i want to turn the corner in our last segment i want to ask you guys about spiritual opportunities and spiritual growth you know it seems like everything you've talked about already really sets the table for god to do some amazing things in the lives of kids you know to break break away a lot of the distractions so that they can focus on the Lord and His Word. And, and I want to hear about how camping can really foster spiritual growth. So we'll be right back. I often hear grandparents say how glad they are that they don't have to raise kids in today's world. While these comments might not be very encouraging to those of us who are parents or who are doing youth ministry with kids today, they do recognize the fact that there are lots of confusing and dangerous cultural realities that kids need to navigate if they are going to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. In an effort to provide parents and youth workers with an easy-to-use tool designed to help kids find their way through the choices they face in today's world, I've written a new little book that can be used individually or in small groups, A Student's Guide to Navigating Culture. It's the shortest book I've ever written, but it's the one I believe will have the greatest impact in terms of discipling the emerging generations. If you want to teach your kids how to live in today's culture while following God's will and way, check out this new little book, A Student's Guide to Navigating Culture. You can learn more and order copies at cpyu.org. Okay, so we finish out our conversation about Christian camping and summer camp as the summer arrives. 
I want to pick the brains of, of Greg and Nate to speak on behalf of all the Christian camps across the country just about the you know the spiritual growth that takes place I, I'd love to hear about that we I mean I know all these experiences you've described are incredibly awesome and spiritual growth is woven in and through that I know spiritual lessons are, are brought as you process you know maybe a ropes course or going down a zip line or solving as Greg said a problem with your cabin group but talk a little bit about the spiritual benefits let me let me just started off by with it with an anecdote um why i think it's the spiritual experience at camp is so powerful we had a kid who came to camp a number of years ago and didn't want to be there as one of those kids who was sent to camp and told his counselor i don't want to be here i don't believe anything you're saying uh don't believe anything about creation don't talk to me about that his counselor wisely said you know i'm glad you're along for the week just come on along and he went through the week and on the final day he, he said to it, this kid said to his counselor, do you remember what I said to you on Sunday when I arrived? And the counselor said, yeah. And he said, well, he said, let me tell you something. He said, Spitzer Lake, where we were located, he said, Spitzer Lake screams of a creator. And then he pointed to a place on the grass where his cabinet had Bible study each day. And he said, and I met him right over there. Wow. Christian camping marries the general and special revelation. So God has given us the outdoors that, that like Psalm 19 and Romans one tell us like, there is a God, you can't look at this world and say, there's no, that there's no God, but we don't know who that is until we meet them in the pages of scripture. And I think that's the, that's why Christian camping is so powerful the immersive experience in the outdoors. And then we get to see who this God is and what he's done for us. And so I'll just start by saying, I think that's, for me, that's why Christian camping is so important. And a lot of folks talk about how it's a mountaintop experience and it is. And I, I'm, I don't knock mountaintops. Sunday mornings should be mountaintops, right? We, we go back and then we go back, back. Uh, we don't stay at church all week. And uh, same thing at, at camp. It's a mountaintop experience, but um, Nate knows this guy too. Dr. Jacob Sorensen's um, been studying the lasting nature, the lasting effect of a camp experience. And it's, it's called the Effective Camp Project. And he found that, found that when certain components are in place in a camp, that the effect, the ongoing effect uh, of camp, that is their devotional practices, their desire to worship in a community, their, um, their prayer life, it lasts four, six, eight months beyond camp when the camp has these five components in place. It's faith-centered, okay? It's relational. That is, there's a relationship that's demonstrated and acted upon between uh, uh, the, the leadership and the, and the campers. It's a safe setting, not only physically, but socially, and the, and the camper knows that and they sense that. A number of years ago, we had um, we just took a quick survey of our of some our senior our oldest campers. Said, "Why do you keep coming to camp?" Twenty six percent of them freehand. It wasn't a, a multiple choice. They said, "I feel safe here," mm -hmm. you know. So when that's in place, when it's participatory, that is, the campers get to help decide and help make their own camp experience. And when they're unplugged from home, when those five things are in place, the chances of a lasting impact, a lasting effect spiritually um, from camp, it skyrockets. Yeah, I mean, certainly 
I mean, Greg nailed definitely, and I just want to say that, you know, the heavens equate the glory of God. There's something about the creation piece that cannot be ignored. And he mentioned the other one that I want to emphasize a little bit also is actually the relationship piece that happens in there, right? I don't know where you guys are at, but I have two teenage, I have three teenagers in my house, three, two teenage girls and a teenage boy. And they'll ask me a question. I'll be like, man, that's a great question. Um, but right now I got to go mow the lawn or, oh, that's a great question. But, you know, right now I got to go do this thing. And I just never just stop. Like, no, I shouldn't say never. Obviously, I'm convicted by it. And I'm like, man, I got to stop. Camp exists for those moments. So imagine a place, if you will, where a kid gets to go in in the wonderment of where they are in their space as a youngster. And their mind gets expanded by the creation around them and the truth from the text of scripture, and their, their, their mind just starts boiling. And they say to the counselor, hey, you know, I've always, I've always wondered this thing. The counselor, the counselor's, every single aspect of training is waiting for that moment. They don't try and create the moment, because if you try and create it, it's forced. But they're there waiting for that moment. And so all of a sudden, a kid, contrary to the rest of their entire life where they always get brushed off, all of a sudden, the adult in the space says, hang on, that's a great question. Let's talk about it. Next thing you know, it's, it's a salute to the intellect of the child. It says, you know what? That's a great question. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's discover that together. We here at Berea, of course, Berea comes from Acts 17:11. The Bereans search the scriptures daily. So we always go, man, let's see what the Bible says, right? Well, when you, when, you bring, when you bring creation into it, back to Greg's point, and you have the truth of scripture there, the missing component is the relational piece. You bring that trinity into a space, it is impossible for life change not to happen. It's impossible. God will use it every time when you use his creation, his text, and a relationship in that person's life. Life change will happen. That's what we do at camping. Mm, that's awesome. I, I love this. And and I got to tell you, you know, as I listen to you guys and I'm sitting here, I get the benefit of looking at you. Um, you, you have the you, you have the hard hard part of looking at me I know that but looking at you guys you know and knowing you guys and and just hearing your passion again uh I, I have to make a confession I'm I'm coveting your jobs right now I mean I just I, I probably covet more of the places where you where you do your work you know because I don't live in those places now and I know how absolutely stunning and beautiful they are so um but that gets me excited you know about camp let me let me ask you this, you know, what, what would you say to uh, the youth workers who are listening about, can, can you give them a little push and an encouragement? I mean, to me, if I'm a youth worker, you've already sold me. I want to get my kids to camp. And, and I, it's not that I have to take them, but I want to give them some options and, and equip their parents to make good decisions. But maybe a little push to youth workers first, and then I want to hear a word from you on some recommendations on how to get parents to, to choose a camp. Yeah, so for youth youth pastors, I mean, I'll go back to what I said before. In one week, 
you will have enough time with them, the same amount of time essentially, but even deeper than you would in seven years. Um, as a youth worker, I think part of the, the conversation that would be going on in my mind is what is the strategy for the year? You know, so typically as, as a, a case of a year, you think of the cycles, the four cycles of the way seasons happen. And I'm certain that you probably have like mission trips, both local and international and different things as you build an experience. I just cannot see um, how you could not have camping in the cycle in the annual cycle of a student and expect to get a responsive student to the gospel. It's, it would be hard for me to see that. I really feel like there's a unique characteristic of camp that brings out who a person is. I think I want to go back to that word that Greg said. It's safe. There's just something about it. There's so many places that aren't, and to have a place that is, automatically gets you into deeper conversations. So as a youth pastor, I would say, man, you got to really systemically think about what you're doing and think about how camp plays in that space in order to achieve really the growth and the results that you're hoping to see in those students' lives. Mm. We get a, we get a chance to, as Nate said, see kids one, two, three, four times a year, you know, something like that. But we get to, um, we're just so grateful. I know camps are just for the partnership and the gospel um, to the youth workers that are listening. And thanks for what you do day, week in, week out. You're the ones who get the call when something, you know, when there's a, a, a crisis in a life or what have you. And um, we're just really eager to be able to join you in, in what you're doing and provide places. So um, there are opportunities for your kids to grow like, like Nate's talking about. And um, if you don't have a camp near you, or you're not connected to one, um, I'd recommend going back to that, um, that organization we talked about at the outset, Christian Camp and Conference Association, or ccca.org. And you can go on there, and there's a place you can find a camp near you. And these are camps that are, they're Bible believing, and uh, you still do your do your research and so forth, but these are camps that have signed on and say, hey, we want to do this together. We want to do this better um, than what we could do on our own. And it'd be a great way to start um, finding a place if you don't have a place. And I know um, Nate's work through his camps, the way they're serving churches, and he's got a whole program about that. And certainly in Minnesota, we want to do the same thing. We can help resource you, um, encourage you, equip you, and then serve your your students in the ways we've been talking about, we'd just be really honored to do that. So can I, I just want to add one more thing, Walt, that I just sure. feel like I need to say, yep. I, I just think this is pivotal for youth pastors. Listen, we can hire staff, even though it, and it's awesome and the kids love those staff and that's awesome. But let me just tell you, you want life transformation over the course of a year. Let me tell you who would be the best person to put in a cabin with a kid. Somebody who knows the kid, somebody who sees him on a weekly basis, somebody who knows the parent or guardian, lives in proximity of them, and actually understands the culture, the school, the town that they live in, and is able to speak in their life on a daily basis. You know who that is? That's the youth leader from the church. That's not some hired summer staffer. I'm not trying to demean summer staffers. They're awesome. I have tons of them, and I'm appreciative of them. 
But if I could choose one body to be in that cabin with that person, it would be a youth leader because now all that practical, that practical conversation, we kind of say it this way at our camp, our goal is to get the water boiling. If we can get the water boiling, then you can make the soup, specifically the soup that that kid loves to eat because you know the context. You know the framework of the family. You know the framework of the town, the school, the church, uh, the guardians. What, all those pieces are unknown to us. And I feel like if you could take that person and put them in a cabin, that's what I would say to a youth pastor and to a youth leader. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I, I I love this. And and I know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tack on to that, that I know that uh, I think both your camps, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know, Greg, as you've gotten kicking again with a new property, you guys do not just summer camps for kids, uh, but you also do throughout the winter weekends that you put together that a youth worker can bring their kids. And I know, Nate, especially up your place, I've been up there for that. Greg, I've been uh, mm-hmm. to your place for some parent weekends. And you guys have also... Uh, handled some youth worker training, Nate, in the New England area. I've been able to be a part of that. Um, and and that is just, it, it is just so awesome uh, to see you folks serving the church like that. And I want to emphasize that, that this is service to the church and it's service to families. So um, would you say the same thing about for a parent who wants to look for a camp, go to the 3CA site and... Yes, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, like... Yeah, definitely go to the website and check it out. But, you know, um, talk around to other churches. If you don't know what's local, maybe you just moved into the area, you can find out what places there are. But certainly 3CA is probably, in terms of Christian camping, probably going to be your best spot to be able to locate um, a specific camp in that area. But even if not, if you're connected to a camp in a different state and you just moved, you could call them and ask for a recommendation. Sometimes they can give you those kind of things. But most... Most churches know the power of retreating, and uh, I feel like uh, they could give you an answer if you just figure out kind of where they're at. Yeah. So. Uh, let me let me put a plug in for Christian camping again, but specifically for these guys and, and the other camps, because uh, like all ministries, you know, the, these camps, they need fuel to keep the machine going. And obviously, you know, the Holy Spirit and God's blessing and grace and mercy keep that going, but... It's the gifts. They didn't ask me to say this, but I know it's the gifts of, of people who support these places that are so important. And, you know, so a couple of things I'd suggest if you're listening. Uh, one, get your church to maybe support a camp. Uh, find a camp that could uh, use some of your help. Maybe there's a, a specific, uh, uh, you know, item or capital project, something they need, and you could fund that. I know that most camps, Greg, I've seen it at your camp. You do like uh, work weekends where you get to camp ready. Uh, there's groups of guys and gals who come in and, and, you know, do work on cabins and the grounds and so forth and so on. So you can, you know, get involved in a service project with that. And then, you know, the other thing I would say is that, you know, maybe you're a grandparent listening or a pastor listening or even a youth pastor and you go, you know, I know there's some people in my church who are people of means who don't have kids, but they're they're concerned deeply about kids, start a scholarship fund to be able to send your kids to camp because it's not free. It can't be free. It costs these guys a ton of money to keep the camp going. And I'm going to tell you, it's not gotten any easier. You said at the top, you know, just with liability issues and every all the hoops you have to jump through these days. I'm just glad, you know, you're you're moving on. So 
this this has been great. Any any final word from either of you? Yeah, I want to just say one more thing. You know, um, ways that camp serves the church. Um, not only are we as the church, I think, concerned about raising kids who walk with Jesus all the days of their life, but as we look at our churches too, there's another uh, challenge right now, and that's where are we finding pastors? Where are they going to come from? Barna Research in, in 2017 found that 39% of the U.S. pastors now are coming out of camps. And many of them working as staff, I'm sure, too, yeah, you know, transitioning yeah. from camper to staff. So Exactly. That's where they're receiving the call. That's where, that's where their heart is being tugged, and they're looking back at a camp experience saying, hey, that's where the Lord called me. Missionaries, um, certainly full-time Christian workers, they're cutting their teeth at, at camps. And um, they're learning how to work. They're lear learning what ministry, ministry lifestyle is all about. And um, it's, it's just another way that I think that God is using camps to impact the world. And um, I'm really, I'm um, extremely optimistic about the, the future. I think as our world gets crazier, I think we all sense that things are, are changing rapidly and getting crazier. But I really think that the Lord is setting up Christian camps to be places of haven and rest. And the more camps do what camps do, the more attractive and the more beneficial they're going to be to people coming away. And I think as the days go on, people are going to say like, I need to get away to separate from this swirl of life that's going on. And I need to slow down, reassess and hear from God all over again. Um, I'm feeling that is, now. <laughs> who I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who I do, am yeah. And, and what he's called me to. Yeah. So. Nate, you wanted to say something. Yeah. You know, on a different note, agreeing with all that Greg said, but on a different note, I would say this, you know, we so many times think of camp in terms of kids and campers, but there is an incredible opportunity for staff, for summer staff. And when I talk about opportunity, I'm not just talking about an opportunity uh, to get your kid out of the house and fed for a summer, which might be worth it for those of you who have boys, right? I mean, that might be worth it just there alone. But we did, we've done some research in, in 3CA on, on the impact of, of working at a camp. And we've talked about things like leadership, community, teamwork, and really the challenge of working in an environment that is significant in terms of pressure spiritually, but also in a workspace. And you produce some incredible, can I say this, just incredible resume building activities in a camp. You experience so many different components of what could be found in a singular job anywhere else. You can find it at camp. I mean, even if you're in the kitchen, well, certainly you got all the food stuff covered, right? But they're still living in a cabin. They're still coexisting with people. There's curfews. There's, there's just a whole just a whole world of of really teen and young adult development that can happen at a staff level that is absolutely unbelievable yeah. it really is that really can build into that next generation so it's not just the it's not just the kids who are school it's even those who are coming out who are in college and so forth this these are foundational blocks let me just say it this way. You're having trouble launching your kid out of, out, of, out of the house? Send them to camp for summer, and we will teach them how to live in a life in a community. It's amazing 
just the opportunity that that is. Yeah, great friendships. I, I you know, I've seen this. I, my, my son, Nate, was 10 years ago, he spent two summers up at Muskoka Woods Sports Resort uh, working on staff up there, and he's still in touch. You know, that's, a, that's in Canada. And he is in touch with uh, staff from around the world still, so it was a great experience for him. One final question. I'm just really curious. I think I have the answer to this, but uh, what's the what's the most popular dinner food at camp? Man. Are you saying popular like yeah like, among like, the kids? That, what 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 do they oh, light up for? What's that? I know one that they look forward to every year. We start. On, on Sunday nights, the first night, we want every kid to get something they like. So we do a big, um, from scratch, a build your own pizza night. Oh, so they good. can, they get, they get something like nine or 15 different toppings and every kid gets something they like. And we kick it off. We kick off the week like that. So that's a memorable one at the point. That's a good one, Nate. What's that? What up? What, what about New I mean, England? On a food? Well, Lobster. I don't know if you, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but per capita, New England is the biggest consumer of ice cream. I don't yes. know if you know that. Yes. But uh, ice cream is a big deal. They really like that. But in terms of actual food on a line, yeah, it would probably be chicken nuggets and French fries. It's probably the kids. I got it. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm getting older, but you know, when I get to a camp, I still look at that in the line. I'm going, I really want to eat that, but I know I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hey, well, if if you ran around like they did, you could eat it all, oh, you, yeah. all you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you're assuming I'm sedentary. Thanks, Nate. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, this is great. I love this, and uh, you've got me excited about camp. I, I don't know what I'm going to do about it, but uh, you've got me excited about it. And I, and I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. I'm glad to be able to chat with you. I miss seeing you. You know, COVID has shut just about everything down, and. Uh, so hopefully coming out of it, I'll get to see you guys again. So thanks so much. We will include Chris Wagner here, who produces the podcast. We'll put on the episode notes uh, for this particular episode. If you go to our website, cpyu.org, find the player for this episode. And if you scroll down underneath everything that was mentioned here, links to 3ca.org, the uh, Inspiration Point, the camps Nate's involved with up there in New England with the uh, – Multi multinational camping corporation that they've established up there <laughs> on the on the uh, upper right, right? We call it the upper right. So uh, we'll include links to all that and uh, any other resources that they've mentioned. We'll we'll make sure you're aware you're aware of that. So, guys, thanks so much. And uh, folks who are listening, give us a like, give it you know recommend, give us a good rating. That always helps. And we will talk to you again on the next episode of Youth Culture Matters. Thanks for joining us for Youth Culture Matters, a podcast from the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. If you'd like to learn more about today's youth culture, visit our website at cpyu.org. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, email us at podcast at cpyu.org.